0: verse 7 of Romans chapter 1 to all God's beloved in Rome to church at Rome.org or whatever, to all God's beloved in Rome who are saints called saints not to be not will be not gonna be not might gonna be but Flat out, who are called saints? That's what you are, agios, the chosen, set apart of God. Saint Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, <right. laughs> That's an adverb. Right,
0: yes. It, well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know your parts of speech. Grace. The agios guys
2: just going. To, sure. The, um, you get both saints and holy from the same. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Agiois is the holy ones and it's just a modification when you attach it to people it becomes a modifier saints or saint you could say saintly but it means those who are set apart in, in, in the Greek religious tr- terminology and in the Septuagint that which was placed on an altar becomes agioi holy set apart saint, sanctified you might even say set apart for the use of the deity. In the, in the Septuagint, anything that is placed on the altar to be slaughtered, uh, a sacrificed in the sacrificial system, is made holy. In the Greek religions, the things that are turned over to the gods were holy, set apart. And it's a basic, easy, very helpful word that Paul uses here. They are the holy ones. And to us, that sounds even worse than saints, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, but so
2: if you think about the um, yeah. it, 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 it being set apart, like you said, you know, it's, it's the position that you are kind of given is being set apart. So it has nothing to do with your your behavior if it's in line or not in line with that position. It's like talking about your children, it's your child. Whether your child being be good or bad is completely. A different co- topic than whether they're your, child, no, or your child. So you're a saint, or you're a called one, regardless mm-hmm. of
0: anything else. That's mm-hmm. It it um, it describes the office you hold, right. <laughs> your state of being, not so much how you behave. It, it describes to whom you belong. Because that which is set upon the altar is set apart for the deity. Therefore, we become, we we are. You you could theoretically translate this. To all of God's beloved in Rome, those who belong to God. Set apart for God. Set apart to as God's possession. As God's very own children, even. To really get far away in a dynamic equivalence. To God's possessions. that Those who are set apart for God.
1: He's also setting them apart from the rest of them.
0: Well, when you are set apart from God, you are set apart from, from something. And that is from this present evil world. From having been pagans, from having been just Jews, from having been something that they uh, were before. They are now gods. So being set apart means you're set apart to something and you're set apart from something else. Normally, when you think of saint or holy one, we think of someone, some little old lady with the hair pulled back in a bun who never does anything wrong and stares at you when you got loud in church. I can think Is of several. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can think of se- I can think of several who who fit that qualification when, when I was growing up. And anytime I made a
1: noise, it was like and. Um, this one, um, like, saint Mother, this one they were like Mother Teresa then there was the other side. They Mother like Teresa Bruce. was
0: not in terms of uh, what most people think of as uh,
1: holy behavior.
0: Uh uh-uh. She did a lot of very good godly things and she was set apart for God and she was definitely a saint in that sense. But she was also a human being with faults and doubts and struggled with sin throughout her life even towards the end that's something that we that's something the Roman Catholic Church is going to have to deal with when they finish the canonization process and make their ascent
2: Steve it's unfortunate that now we look at we live in a society where we have the like Catholic Church who has elevated the word saint and attached it to people who we put at a different level mm-hmm. so we immediately think of that word and we you know, are looking up to mm-hmm. somebody who's deserving of it yeah. and it's, it's and a great coup I guess for Satan to have led us in that direction so to have ruined that. that word yeah, ver- yeah, exactly.
0: that there are saints and then there are saints right. I have a friend who says there are saints with a little s and the saints yeah. with a big s <laughs> and I understand what he means by that there are certain people who fit this qualification whose life having been set apart for God is a good example for us to follow and that's what they initially meant by that but it becomes almost as if those are saints and you can't be. That's not what Paul says. He indiscriminately says to all, not some, to all of God's beloved in Rome who are called saints, who are saints, who are identified as the Holy One set apart for God. Grace. Grace. To you in peace. From God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a blessing. A statement of blessing and a statement of fact. Caris umen kai arene. Apotheo patros. A mon kai curio jesu christi. Grace unto you and peace unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor, love, acceptance to you and peace the end of againstness with God from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ two persons of the Trinity but not the third I'm just curious
1: you just mentioned in verse 4 it's yeah. about the Holy Spirit you think he give you yeah. a blessing from that wouldn't you?
0: Yes, you would
1: it's think so. Maybe that's the... This, he's thinking of it as... Well, it's not... not the blessing is the Holy Spirit. Thank you.
0: It's, it's not part of the traditional formula, but you could say, a reine and caris, peace and grace, are the immediate manifestations of the presence of the Spirit. So you could combine them in a very, very, very loose and inaccurate translation by saying... The Holy Spirit be with you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First. So, he's he's in verse 7. He's finished with a powerful introductory phrase statement here in this opening paragraph. And now he says first. (laughs) That was like Philippians, Finally, finally, finally. Again and again and again. First. Firstly let me say firstly first i thank my god through jesus christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world your faith is proclaimed throughout the world throughout in Olo to Cosmo literally to translate this into English using that word as it has come into English through through frankly through Russian your faith is proclaimed throughout the universe Cosmos literally it's the Greek word kosmo. Cosmo throughout the world the greek word for world cosmos is utilized not of, of of it all that was of importance does that mean that there that this statement here because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world does that mean that Paul is claiming that their faith is being proclaimed in central and south america Or that it was being proclaimed in China,
1: (laughs) or South Africa. was that place he wanted to go to? Spain. (laughs) He knew it wasn't being proclaimed in Spain. That's why. Yeah, that's why he wants to go there.
0: (laughs) It's being proclaimed throughout the whole world that he knew, that he lived in. What's
1: his his world? Is there another interpretation for proclaimed in that Greek word? Or is there no room for a different interpretation? Preached. Ah, still there. Why? One says reported. Reported? That's kind of passive, you know, like it's being reported all over the world. Reported, let's see. Is it spoken, spoken, spoken of. Your faith is it's spoken spoken of. Through
0: world. It's talked about, the New Living Translation. Is
2: not It's becoming known
0: is becoming known. The The New American Standard reads, because your faith is being proclaimed. And the word is kata glesitai, which is based on the word to proclaim, to preach. uh, The root for, for angel is in there.
2: There's two others that this one has yeah. because all over the world they are telling the story of your faith. That's the end. That's what And then because, and then in brackets, the re- because the report of your faith is made known to all the
1: world and is commended everywhere. Because it, both it, of them, because It's
0: it, this is always interesting to see how the translations deal with it. The RSV deal with it pretty much the same way. What does the RSV say? Proclaimed in all the world. Proclaimed. Proclaimed. They're
2: all saying the same
0: thing. They're saying the same thing. It's just interesting. Uh, to proclaim is a is active, reported, yeah. is somewhat passive. Mm-hmm. Like a news report. For God, and, and well, let's finish the cosmos part. Uh, he's not talking about the entire universe or Central and South America. He's talking about the world, the of the church, the Christian world mm-hmm. to this point in other words he's talking about the eastern half of the Roman Empire you sometimes have to be careful about trying to draw absolute meaning from what he says the absolutist reading here would be well Paul is claiming the gospel being preached in Central and South America no he's not or some place that he theoretically might know about like India, uh, he's not making that claim By this point in time, the gospel had been preached in India, yes. But whether or not their faith in Rome had been preached in India, I seriously doubt it. Possible, but not likely. Because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness that without ceasing, I remember you always in my prayers.
2: He must have had a long prayer list. <laughs> I mean, when you think about how many yeah. people he constantly remembers, you know, I'm not that diligent in in, in the tiny little you know, stuff mm-hmm. I try and, and remember
1: to. Maybe he says, "Bless them all." All those saints. Well, Gandhi God bless with all everybody. Saints. Saints. <laughs> <amazing>. All those <laughs> saints. Okay.
0: Thank Christ you for everything. He does, he really but I mean, you know. Thank you for everything bless everybody. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Yeah, well, God knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally, for God is my witness. This kind of sounds like... Scarlett (laughs) O'Hara? I'll never be hungry again. No. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son. That's interesting. Whom I serve with my spirit. Whom I serve with my spirit. Pneumatai. Yeah. In my spirit. By my spirit. By means of my spirit. For God whom I serve with my spirit. By announcing the gospel of his son. Is my witness that without ceasing. Without. Remember what I said about absolutist readings. Without ceasing. That could be taken. Interestingly.
1: Yeah.
0: But without ceasing. I remember you always. In my prayers. Hmm. The uh, uh, New Living Translation reads here for verse 9 God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. Well, they made interesting spaghetti work of the the word order here, didn't they? But it makes sense. I think it actually makes a little more sense than how it's being rendered in a somewhat more form, literal translation here where the word order is being paid attention to. The Greek word order.
2: Here's one I've done on it is the version, but just the end part, I like the way it says, I never fail to mention you when I cry.
1: <laughs> that's, that's another one yeah. of those all, bless all the so, saints. So when, he,
2: not that, so it does, credit what you said children it's not like he's constantly never ceasing of praying but when he
0: prays when he's praying he never ceases to think yeah it's it he is you can also understand it as all that he does is in a sense a form of prayer let's fit let's let's put the sentence back together because that's not the end of the sentence for God whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his son is my witness that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers, asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. That's what his prayer is for. Asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. And of course his prayer was answered and he got an imperial paid for, all expenses handled and covered trip to Rome uh, he got a cruise actually out of it <laughs> of course he had to abandon ship but he got a, 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 a government paid cruise out of it um, God's, uh, God enabled it in a way that uh, probably, certainly he had no mind of here Hmm. He got arrested, made his appeal to, yeah, made his appeal to the emperor and got a free trip to Rome out of it. Cool. Hmm. For I am longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen. Hmm. Now the NAS reads for I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established made to grow help you to grow strong in the Lord The New living Translation. he wants to come and visit them and notice share with them a spiritual gift to strengthen them or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine. Up to now it seems as though these Roman Christians wow, he didn't found them he wasn't their founding pastor they're already Christians and he's lauding them not only does he have something to share with them to uphold them, lift them up in their faith but they might actually be able to share with him to mutually support each other in the faith and that is exciting where did that faith come from? Roman, the history of the Roman church is a fascinating history when you get back to this early period it's really tough Uh, Rome claims Peter and Paul as their co-founders but Christianity predated both Peter and Paul's presence in Rome by decades it seems most likely if you follow some of the earliest history of the church it seems most likely that Christianity first came to Rome in the form of prisoners who had been captured from some of the earliest outposts of Christianity. One speculation is from some areas, early Christians who were captured in Macedonia and taken to Rome. But that seems less likely. Uh, The Macedonian Christian contingency could very well be there. But it wouldn't make up a large percentage if they were. Another factor would possibly be Jewish Christians. And in fact, we know that Jewish Christianity made up a large percentage of the members of the early Roman church. But there's also good reason to suspect that part of the early Roman church was made up of some of the converts to Christianity that were made in all places, Britain. Britain, very early on, was the site. of Well, there was lots of trade going on in the ancient world. Most people don't know that. And Rome had conquered Great Britain in successive battles and wars, and one of those battles brought the leader of one of the Brit- ancient British Celtic states back to in, in imprisonment into Rome. And that family that he that he came with is the royal family uh, were Christians if you go and read the history for example of the, of the British church the early British church it predates much of the evangelization of the western half of the empire and there's lots of speculation as to why that happened uh, one piece of speculation I think it's very well grounded is uh, with the persecution of the early church They had to escape as far as they could from Jewish influence and Jewish Christian influence. And by going to the far western reaches of the empire, they could do that. So that's one speculation. I think actually the church in Rome was made up of three really good, really, really powerful groups. The leadership was part of the exiled Christian leadership out of England you had a large contingency of Jewish merchants who lived in Rome, who brought Christianity, Jewish Christianity in, and they made up a large number of the house churches that were in the area. And then there were some of the Macedonian Christians as well who had been relocated to Rome. Um, And that would be another smaller factor. It was a strong church. It was heavily influenced by Jewish Christian sentiment. And you see that throughout the letter to the Romans. He's having to deal with these issues.
1: Where's Paul right now? And he's writing this. Corinth. Okay. So I'm he's writing from Corinth. I heard that the Roman church was powerful because it had the money. Later
0: on, when after, after the apostolic period, the Roman church became very powerful in part because it had a great deal of financial resources. And those financial resources came from several locations, including the imperial government. But that was also true of the church in Constantinople. The church in Asia Minor was extremely powerful because that was the seat of the eastern half of the Roman Empire and eventually all of the Roman Empire for a very long period of time. So,
2: this church, though, that he's running to really has no relationship to what we would
1: consider as the Roman Catholic Uh, Church. uh,
0: (laughs) No, but yes. In a sense, yes. And in a sense, no. Is there a continuity of people? There is There is an extent to which there is a continuity of people. Is it the same church in character, in nature, in outlook? No. All right. I mean, they worship, some of them worshipped in the same sites going all the way back to the second century. So there is a continuity to some extent of people um, but whether or not you the church changed so dramatically over the centuries, changing today, it's hard to identify and, and make a direct connection. To it. That's why I hemmed and hawed for a second. Hmm. Yes and no. In terms of character and nature, no. In terms of continuity of people, it does reach back to that period.
1: Okay, how did the Macedonians get there? Do they think? Did they come across? Some of the them, ship?
0: some of them were brought in as prisoners, okay. and some of them were brought in, uh, came in as merchants, and it varied depending upon what was going on in the Macedonian portion of the empire. When did they, they, they come be. this
1: way, or did they go across the ocean? No, they would have been marched on land. Oh. Those who were prisoners, most of them would have been marched on land. So they didn't come over here back to... None of them said, oh, for oh, this Paul's Christian thing, route. I'll come back this way. That's
0: Paul's route. Yeah. Churches were founded in this area here. Then some of them were arrested for uh, sedition against the empire, and then they would have been deported, and they would have probably marched the whole distance. Wow. Although, some, If it was depending on the sizes, some of them would have gone across. But the history of the early Macedonians in Rome is a very tenuous one we know they were there because their writing can be found in the catacombs hmm. a very particular dialect of Greek can be found in the catacombs we know they were there it, looked, you know, it almost
1: looks like they stayed out of Macedonia they've been okay the closer you get here the closer you get to Rome yeah but, Christ- yeah but Christianity
0: remember Paul founded Christianity in these areas here and that would have been Pauline Christianity then but the church in Rome didn't seem to know about Paul from the Acts of the Apostles they really didn't know who he was uh, they would have been a smaller number. And also they they, they they were in they came in over a long period of time. The Macedonian Christians were constantly being deported into Italy over a long period of time. As as late as the late second century. Let's keep going. Or rather, so that let me read the whole sentence. For I am longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. In order that I may reap some harvest... Among you, as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to. What does your translation say there? Barbarian. Barbarians. Barbarians?
1: <laughs> wow, mine says non Greeks. Yours Non-Greeks. says non Greeks? Yeah, Greeks non-Greeks. Non-Greeks. and non Greeks. Non Greeks. Barbarians.
0: Barbarians. That's kind of nasty.
1: And what's well, presumptive here? They. They say Greeks and Barbarians, okay, but they never use, in mind Barbarians again. So I don't know, they talk about it. Jews and yeah. Greeks later, but never again about Barbarians. I don't know really what they mean by Barbarians. Well, this, these people didn't think they, these, pardon not down here at the bottom? No. The NIV no. thinks that's assumptive, obviously.
2: This one has um, civilized peoples and heathen nations. That's pretty bad. And then um, the cultured
0: and the uncultured.
1: that's. Oh,
0: bar. They're all insults. bar bar Royce. We all have that word in English as a name. bar well. Barbara.
2: Barbara.
1: Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> um, that's not the question. These money. <laughs> I've a whole lot of Barbaras, and some of them can be yes, rather barbarian. <laughs> My cousin was a
0: <laughs> well can be rather barbarous. <laughs> Barbarois was used of all the non-Greek peoples. Non-Greek. Yeah, it could be Jews. <laughs> yeah. The, the Greeks, just as the Jews looked at all the ethnoi, yeah. the goyim, and said, mm-hmm. So also the Greeks looked at all the non-Greeks and said, They're barbarous to use an interesting formation of the word. They are barbarians. They're barbarous.
2: Another evolution of a word that completely distorted its meaning to us today. <laughs> 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 precisely right.
0: The barbarians. Uh, this is an interesting place. The 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 word Greeks here is not ethnos. It is in the preceding verse, ethnason in verse thirteen. But at the very beginning of verse 14, where it says Greeks and barbarians. <laughs> I am a debtor to both the wise. Sophos from Sophia, meaning wisdom. The Sophos and the Anatois. Uh, Noose in Greek means mind. And here uh, you have the word in in Greek, whenever you add the letter alpha to the front of it, you invert the meaning. And that's the formation of this word. And the equivalence. Okay, take that off. That's the negator. And here's your root for that word, mind. The unminded. Mm-hmm. those who lack a the mind foolish.
1: the foolish so he's not going so
0: is it four categories or two categories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it four categories <laughs> or two <laughs> um, uh, uh, four I think <laughs> although there may be overlap I think he's trying to hit all his bases I am a yeah. debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians both to the wise sophios, yeah. and to the foolish
2: debtor, we think of him owing something, whereas here so of these other he has a duty or he has an obligation. Under mm-hmm. obligation. Mm-hmm.
0: Under mm-hmm. obligation. Uh, but we beholding, beholding to.
2: Yeah. We would think debtor would be he does because they did something, get he's in debt to them for some reason um, that they are the creators of mm-hmm. where it's not that
0: at all. It's not that at all. The, 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 the the intention here is very different. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to foolish. That's my obligation, to proclaim to them all. So, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. <laughs> yeah, huh? the ones that are in Rome or not. No, that would yeah, be that
1: would be uh,
0: to the barbar oh, to the Greeks. You went to four. Now to To the Greeks and, four and four times, barbarians, the barbarians, the wise and the foolish. Also, you in Rome. <laughs> but
1: it could be an unwise Greek, you see, in Rome, or it could be a wise Greek in Rome or it could be a foolish Greek in Rome or it could you see well you wouldn't have a foolish Greek you'd have a, a foolish German
0: <laughs> <laughs> they would never call themselves a barbarian <laughs> a foolish German in Rome <laughs> have, they didn't have a uh, the Pope, no I'm sorry that's, <laughs> no that's really bad um, verse 16 begins with an interesting phrase for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Huh? I am not ashamed of the gospel. Does anybody have any slightly different rendering of that phrase?
2: Moffat says, for I am proud of the gospel. <laughs> so
0: he, he gives up with the <laughs> negation. Yeah, that's right. that's, that's I was going to ask you, what's
2: that Greek word there that uh, is... Uh, he
0: translated ashamed as Ugar the negator is at the very beginning of the sentence Ugar for not uh, ashamed literally uh, embarrassed by ebes to be bashful of or embarrassed about
2: interesting you put it in that uh, that comp instead of being on the positive we not proud to do yeah, that
1: the Moffat uh, translation is not lovely,
2: ashamed though. could it be maybe he's thinking on his own past actions now that he you
0: know, is, is well he was he's ashamed of having once been a persecutor of the church
1: right.
0: and he's not ashamed of proclaiming the gospel
1: well even in Rome I mean this thing gives a paragraph this is like ten times as long as a verse the explanation in the really. <laughs> <laughs> look at this typical but it's saying that, that he was saying I'm not ashamed to say this in Rome, the capital of Italy, and I'm not ashamed. And I think that's a long explanation about the Jews because the Messiah came from the Jews. And, you know, and so you're telling front, Greeks that <laughs> you're telling Greeks of, and Romans that the in front know, of, of Greek, Greeks,
0: in front of the wise of the day, he's not ashamed of proclaiming yeah. this gospel. He's proud to proclaim this gospel. that's a different context. Yeah, yeah, it will be. For I am not ashamed. I am proud of the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. The good news, the good message. It is the power of God for salvation. It is the power.
1: Yeah, the, describe that. Power.
0: The gospel is the power of God for salvation dunamis gartheu estin es soterien tu pistuantai. it is the power of God for salvation to everyone
1: who believes has faith believes puts, puts that qualifier on it doesn't it has faith that's not real universal
0: well no salvation is not universal
1: <laughs> it's trivial. <laughs> <It's
0: funny. laughs> he keeps narrowing it down. <laughs> this in a trickier, sense. Trickier. Somebody well, probably started
2: know. narrow. He started at the beginning when he narrowed yeah. it down when he was speaking only to those that were beloved, saints. which it right there narrows it down. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The saints, all the saints. Yeah, those. The, the, it's not speaking to absolutely everybody in the universe. He's speaking to the agiois of God, the, the chosen, selected people of God, those who are saints, those who are set apart, those who here exercise faith. I'm not ashamed. I'm proud of the gospel. It is the power of, you have talked about this before, that word is dunamis, means the word from which we get the English word dynamite. It's the explosive energy you might say. It's the power of God. The power of God for unto to salvation. What is meant by soterion,
1: salvation?
0: The gospel is the power of God. Let's use the word for here for salvation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: bringing all who believe into heaven or to God Hmm. well that's certainly the end result salvation is far more than just the end result it's everything in between now and there too what does it mean to be saved we hear that term used all the time by evangelical Christians what do we mean by soterion, salvation
2: I think probably everybody has a different meaning about that. That's why I'm that's <laughs> why I'm asking. I would I would look at it as a process myself. In terms of it is the journey that I'm on as a Christian. It starts with that power, that freedom, salvation, that and, and kind of lasts you into a sphere that you that I'm now in, which mm-hmm. is this salvation sphere. That, that it's a journey, it's like building this process. Mm-hmm. And when I die, I will be the end of my journey. And I will then
0: reach the climax. Salvation oh. is a process, therefore. Uh, that's very Wesleyan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the so idea successful. being that Soterion is a process of continual sanctification. Where God is continually working on us, transforming us, converting us. Conversion is not just a one-time event. It is a continual event throughout mm-hmm. one's life a never ending event throughout one's eternal life if you will
1: well he's not going to want anybody close to him that's not saved brother that hasn't been through the process and continuing the process by definition why would he if you, if, been to the to the pro- if you
0: haven't been through the process you could not survive in God's presence and God is totally completely perfect without error or flaw and that gloriness that is God is going to wipe out anything that is imperfect.
1: Okay, does that mean that you know the mass murderer that sees God right at the end? He's got a little bit different time table than Lisa and I and the rest of us have. You know, we're in this process and he's going, I see the light, I have seen the light. He gets spiritual whiplash away.
0: <laughs> uh in a sense, yeah. Um, that can still happen. Well,
2: Thief on the cross. Thief mean, on you know the cross it. It's, it's an an example. example.
0: It's a fantastic example of that. I believe that, yes. I think that ideally it's a process that begins in this life and continues for a long period of time. But it is possible that it's an instant event, too. But what it does, whether it be a long-term event or an instant event that ends when you, you know, you say yes and then you die, um, regardless of that, what it involves is a complete transformation of yourself. A setting aside of yourself.
1: But that thief didn't set aside anything. All, sure he, did. Did was say, all he said was, yeah, I he believe said, in you, I will you out for right.
0: Not quite. He says, you know, this fella here doesn't deserve, we deserve our penalty. He doesn't deserve his penalty. He had another
1: sentence. But Remember me
0: in your kingdom. He recognized his deserving to be there on that cross. He himself, he deserved there. He was a criminal. He recognized that Jesus did deserve to be there. And then he turns to him and says, Remember me when you come into your kingdom." So he
2: did believe, and he
0: also acted on that belief by speaking it it out. By recognizing his need, by affirming it for another to hear the other criminal. And obviously, someone who was there, has <laughs> it yeah. got written yeah. down. So I mean, it's yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic example. And acknowledging that
1: Jesus could do something about that too. He sure had a really tight journey. I wouldn't want to. You know, I'm not so sure that that's that's not the ideal. And <laughs> exactly, I'm saying you preach and teach that, and I'm gonna, Vernon and I're gonna sit back.
0: We're gonna have I just fun relax, you <laughs> know? I got a so, little no time. Here. Then then life becomes Russian roulette. <laughs> doesn't it though?
1: It's and Russian, Russian roulette anyway. Can
0: you can you confess your sin and accept Christ we're, as your Savior, saying, as savior as before you covenant. die? Whoever gets to do that in the the closest to their death without going over wins. <laughs> We'll start a lottery now. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to play that. You're,
1: you're, see, when you get out in that traffic or you're over in Iraq and you're uh, you're dismantling the IED, you, God, I love you. I'm with you. Nothing happens. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's I'm just saying okay. some people are going to be thinking like go. that if you get too much information <laughs> huh?
0: well I was just going to say maybe too late because we, we actually had this d- debate from the last Sunday, Sunday. In, in our own family uh, who won
1: well, wants? well no. I mean how did it didn't we, we didn't, come,
0: start we like didn't come to an entire conclusion <laughs> but it was this exact same conversation mm-hmm. of what is salvation is mm-hmm. it a process or is it an event and we finally came to at least some neutral ground and I tried to say it this way I was trying to be the one coming to a common ground and I said we tend to use the word I am saved and maybe I mean, what we really mean is we've taken a step of faith and we've started a reaction in other words it, the fire the spark is lit mm-hmm. and the fire is going so it may be tough to set back up squish it back out I want a shorter journey as opposed to a long burn. I want a short reaction as opposed to the reaction started and and it's dynamite, right? It's yeah. basic, the explosion. It's is going burning. to go. The spark is going and boom. I like that, but
1: have on. you ever spoken to some Baptists about this? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew I mean, up. Once, okay, one saved, <laughs> oh, always saved. I know. Saved. This is exactly, the thing, you, yes. <laughs> um, exactly what we were talking
0: exactly. about. exactly what we were talking about. Exactly. Soterion is both... I've given the definition in our studies of the meaning of the aorist tense in Greek.
2: Aorist
0: means punctiliar. It's funny. I always pronounce that aorist. (laughs) That's how it's interesting to hear it. I know. It's a good way to remember it. Aorist. Aorist tense. It's punctiliar. It's normally used of past tense, as we would think of it. Something because human experience, generally speaking, requires this to be past tense. Um, It's something that happened at a specific. point that can be identified localized it happened there specifically general past tense the imperfect case in Greek means it happened in the past and it may still be going on today you don't know though it may not be going on today aorist is we know for a fact it happened right there in the past And in this case, it only happened there. A Baptist sees salvation in aorist tense. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, I dropped that pin. And the verb dropped in English is simple past tense. But in Greek, you would have a way of saying that in the aorist tense to indicate, by the way I said it, that it happened at that specific Point in time. And it's not still happening now. Whereas Craig is dropping the pen. Actually, present tense, but there's a way to say it in Greek where it's still going on now. It
2: started there and it's, it is continuing on. It is on. continuing
0: on. Imperfect. It is continuing on. Alright? I was...
2: Uh, the past event that has futuristic facts. Yes.
0: And the imperfect tense this is what we're talking about. There is a oh. point in the past where it started. The spark. Yes, the spark. Yes. The lighting of the match on that long fuse of the dynamite. <laughs> yeah.
2: Except for <laughs>
1: Unless
2: you're on the cross, you're going to die in 24
1: minutes. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to go for the short one if I'm up there and I do Otherwise, you're going to play Russian early. the right? yeah, short one. It started at a specific off, point
0: in the past the spark. And and it is still continuing today. And that's what we mean by it. Some people say, well, eternity is something still to come. Uh-uh. Eternity of now inclusive of now and for us eternity begins when we enter it at that spark salvation then becomes a process from that point on frankly to use that Wesleyan term of sanctification where God is working on us to transform us, to change us, to make us more and more into the image of his son
2: you write, or you uh, Okay. Yeah. I was just gonna ask you, the Greek word then, salvation, so, terion, well, terion. Um, as it's there and appears. And obviously the the Greek's really good about having the tenses built in right the word. So what
0: Yeah, but the the tense is dependent upon the uh, the context in which it, it comes in the sentence. Uh so terion, it's a noun
2: so which properties then of those
0: two that you put up there for salvation the subject the substance not the event not being saved but salvation the thing that it is the state of existence of having been saved it is the power of God for salvation for the establishment of that state to everyone who has faith the word here for faith it is a participle and it's present active and dative, and is translated usually as believe usually as believe I printed out several versions of it. King Jimmy renders re- re- that as to everyone that believeth. To every, uh, the ESV says everyone who believes. The New Jerusalem says everyone who has faith. Revised English Bible says everyone who has faith. Today's English version says uh, uh, to uh, all who believe. The Geneva says. To everyone that believeth strange lettering the Bishop's Bible says to all that believe the Dewey Reams says to the Roman Catholic to everyone that believeth the NIV says to everyone who believes the Amplified (laughs) to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and a firm reliance in other words the Amplified realizes there's a problem here Mm -hmm word. Amplified. It, it, yeah. I love the Amplified Bible. It is a glorious, expanded translation. For it is God's power working unto salvation for deliverance from evil, eternal death, to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance. That's as bad as it is. Read that
1: one.
0: Yeah, read read yours. The Living Bible.
2: For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is God's powerful method of bringing all who believe it to heaven. This message was preached first to the Jews alone, but now everyone is invited to come to God in this same way.
1: Where does it say save in there? Did I read the wrong thing? Somewhere it, says, it talks about saving it. It's there. Heaven doesn't really save. Yeah.
0: Uh, the New yeah. Living says, For I am not ashamed of the good news of, about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. I knew it. (laughs) New English Translation. um, Everyone who believes. The message. It's news. I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts in Him.
1: Wow, <laughs> it's the
0: same thing. Everyone who trusts, who trusts
1: in Him. You said that wasn't as strong as belief, didn't you before?
0: Trust is really, really, really good. Um, it, it. The problem is, is that belief is insufficient, and trust is a little closer in some things and not in others. Yeah. You gotta have faith. Faith, right? Faith have, is okay. the. Belief incorporates the mental aspect. Trust incorporates the physical aspect. Faith combines them. So the verb here is actually a participle. Now, I wanted to double-check my remembrance of Greek participles. It says here... A participle is a verbal adjective, and therefore it has characteristics of both verbs and adjectives. This is from James M. Eford's A Grammar for New Testament Greek. A participle is a verbal adjective, and therefore it has characteristics of both verbs and adjectives. As a verb, it has tense, voice, and complements, such as objects. As an adjective, it has gender number and case. Therefore, it must agree with the noun or pronoun it modifies in gender, number, and case. A participle is a verb form built on a verb stem but declined as an adjective. The present participle is generally translated by the English present participle. But there is no there is no single way to translate the participle. Oh, boy. You were doing really good up until then. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Eifford. You had it nailed. Had a, had a nail Dr. Eifford, and then you just have to wash out on it. But there is no single way to translate the participle. It may remain a participle in translation, e.g. having, being, running. Or the translator may wish to make a finite clause to convey the meaning. And that's what most translations do in rendering it because English does not have a verb form for the English word faith. Unless you make it up. And trust lacks the intellectual part or the mind part. Belief lacks the action part. Faith requires both. And so you could translate this. It is the power of God for salvation, unto salvation, to everyone who... Okay, it's a a present, active participle. Let's translate this woodenly into English using faith as a verb. Right, Faith as a verb. How do you make a participle with a verb in English? You had I-N-G on the end. Faith. Faithing. Faithing. <laughs> so you could translate this, and since it's a present, it's present and it's active, you could translate this strongly as it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who is faithing.
1: How about it, Who is practicing his okay. faith? Okay, that, oh, that you can to do belief. that? Who's practicing his
0: belief? Who's practicing believe. his belief? Practicing faith, I often say, but that's a, that's actually redundant. Yeah, it be, it but I'm be. trying to get that idea apart that faith is a practice. It's, a, it's an action. Right. an active belief.
1: Active belief. Acting his faith. You heard that.
0: Active belief is faith. Period. Mm-hmm. I, to use the English meaning of the word faith in and, and maintaining it and not converting it into a verb, practicing your faith is the idea. But I still prefer to make it into a verb.
2: I like faving.
0: Faithing is a powerful way of putting it. And is, the use of the is, the verb is here, is very important is faithing. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who is faithing. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we're going to pick up pick it up here next time. And probably hit this again this will be exceedingly important and we won't have to recover the territory when we get a little later on in the letter. We have to nail it down that faith is an action. And we have to be comfortable with simply translating it that way if we need to. It's not just passive belief. There is no way that this could be translated. It is power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's how many translations are under it. I think that's very bad. Who trusts is is better. Who has faith is extremely close. But who faiths or who is faithing is probably as as form equivalent as you're going to get it. Or you could just go with the amplified version which (laughs) says who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance. Which says it It all. It adds in the confidence. It it (laughs) It does. It adds in that confidence there which is absolutely Mm -hmm. critical in in talking about faith.
2: That the ABCs of faith Mm -hmm. is always such a great way to remember. Action based
0: upon belief sustained by confidence.
2: And that amplified version. Well, Does yeah. it
0: exactly that way. And that, thats the, They're pulling from that same definition of, of pistou that you have in several of the Greek lexicons where it says that pistou, faith, fading action, is an action based upon belief, or confidence. And that's, you, know, you have to have that confidence in there. It just has to be there. But
2: well, you can't act. No. Well, you can act,
0: but it becomes foolhardiness. As I've said in the past, there is a fine distinction between faith and foolhardiness. And, and confidence gives you, gives you the discrimination to be able to say, I can believe this, and therefore I can act on it because I'm confident in the source of my belief. And the one in whom I am believing in this case.
2: But you don't have the confidence. If you look back at like the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, they they had the belief because they saw, they had the belief, Mm -hmm. but they lacked the confidence (laughs) to act on that belief. So they let the circumstances around them
0: define what they do.
2: Yeah.
0: A a good example, and I use this all the time when I talk about faith. Every time I preach a sermon on the basics of faith, I use the chair as an illustration. And you're you're practicing supreme confidence right now. Because if you're sitting in that chair with your feet up in it, that is an example of her, the degree of her confidence. She has belief the chair will support her, but she demonstrates the confidence that that chair will support her by putting her feet in it too.
1: I still question the confidence of the thief. On there, okay? mm-hmm. All he had to do was say one thing he didn't have to do it, Take any action. Well, think about his confidence.
2: How much action did he say? His action was speaking. Why did he even have to
0: so say anything?
1: First he recognized... That's good.
0: That's part of the belief. That's yeah. the belief. And you know what? He didn't. It wasn't an assent to doctrines. It was an assent to who he was. Jesus. Who Jesus is. Recognition of what he deserved, being up there on the cross. Recognition of the fact that Jesus didn't deserve to be up there. Then he had faith, that he would take him into paradise. been listening to a Bible study by Dr. Gregory Neal, senior pastor of St. Stephen United Methodist Church and rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2008 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other seminars, Bible studies, or sermons by Dr. Gregory Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at St. Stephen United Methodist Church, 2520 Oates Drive, Mesquite,
1: Texas, 75150. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.